1: Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit circusports.com for details.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
2: Hard times like yeah, bad chips like God Nazareth. I'm fed up, homie. You fed up, but if God got us, then we go be
3: alright. Hello and welcome to the Rosh Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Decker. How are we doing on this beautiful day?
2: Well, it is a beautiful Thursday. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yep, absolutely.
4: Beautiful Thursday. Love the weather in Los Angeles. My dad just got back from Florida. It was super humid there for him. He couldn't wait to be back in this weather. I guess that's why we pay the big bucks or at least try to get money to pay the big bucks in Los Angeles.
5: Yeah. I mean, not much going on yesterday with no sports. Got up got up early to watch the only uh, Storm and Sky WNBA game. <laughs> only, only sporting event of the day. But I'm... Uh, Glad that glad, glad that it's a new day.
2: Did anybody watch and, the uh, friendly? Anybody watch the friendly I, yesterday?
5: I did not. No. Okay. All
2: right. I guess I'm the <laughs> only. I guess I'm the <laughs> only soccer watching person <laughs> on on the crew. That was
4: yeah. Charity event for autism right awareness or whatever it was on ESPN.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But it, yeah, it was just it was just like a yeah, national yeah, yeah. friendly.
4: Yeah. I heard it was a great match. I didn't see it though.
2: It was good. It was good, I mean, considering it was a friendly there was it, it wasn't really friendly, there were some fi- fights that pretty much broke out, but there was some good um, <laughs> some good matchups and it was it was a good game it was a good match.
3: yeah, it was the quietest day on the sports calendar, but we, don't, we, we, we we still do have things to talk about. So with that said, let's get to today's headlines. Brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Hit it, G. Well,
2: during the ESPYs, Speaking of sports being on and not being on last night, host Steph Curry took a shot at the Lakers saying it's inspiring to see a strategy of buying old superstars pay off for a local team around here. Guys, will the Lakers use this as extra motivation or fodder for a comeback year, do you think?
3: Listen, having worked on this show for many years when I was an employee of the worldwide leader, I mean, Steph didn't write this. I mean, someone wrote it for him. He delivered it. He delivered it in a fantastic way. He did a good job. I mean, really an incredible year by Steph Curry, right? Like MVP of the All-Star Game, MVP. VP of the finals, uh, you know, world champion and all these things. And and to be a host, I mean, people don't realize how hard that is to host that award show, especially to make jokes about people who are right in front of you. So, you know, the key there, though, is he did not write those jokes. He did deliver them. He did have the ability to uh, say, I'm not comfortable saying that. So he he had some funny one liners hey uh, one at the expense of the lakers one at the expense of the clippers um no i listen, listen the, the the lakers have enough things to worry about i don't think they're worried about a one liner Steph made at an award show but listen if it does uh, help you know uh, you know fuel the fire fantastic but no i do not believe that that will be the case i think
4: that yeah go ahead G Hay. no
2: no no all you you're you're good don't
4: Say I, I I don't think they need any more fuel to the fire, right? I mean, last season, well, the season before this past disastrous year for the Lakers, knocked out in the first round. Yes, they blamed it on injuries, but you would think they would have had a chip on their shoulder last year. They didn't. They played with no heart all of last season until the last game, which was probably the most fun Laker game since none of the stars were playing, and Reeves had a thirty-point triple-double as the one game they played with heart all season long, pretty much, other than LeBron putting up fifty points against the Warriors that other game where he put up 50 points but this is uh i mean the lakers aren't they're gonna look at this they're gonna be like hey you know whatever lebron will be talk about our personal ages whatever again on twitter who knows what's gonna happen he'll probably see it as an opportunity to get better but again steph he's on top of the world right now he can say whatever he wants and really no one can say hey well they can't say anything to him just won finals mvp right
2: actions speak louder than words, right? But um, to answer this question, to answer this headline, I mean, like you said, Brandon, I agree with you, the Lakers have a lot more on their plate than worrying about what Steph Curry is saying about uh, uh, Steph Curry's writers, sorry, are saying about the Lakers organization. But, that being said, I hope they do use it as fodder. I hope they do use it to motivate themselves, because it can't hurt them, right? Like, I mean, it would be nice for them to maybe sit here and and motivate and be like, you know what, this this is just another way that we can kind of get back um and show these people what we actually naturally can do so it would be great if maybe they used a little bit of it
5: yeah yeah i mean stuff's not wrong right okay. so it didn't work i don't think he's don't think he's saying anything that uh, people haven't heard before, but I, I chose to take this statement as more of just a reminder to the, the sports world that the Rams won the Super Bowl um, with a bunch of guys that performed at very high levels and maybe, you know, shouldn't be doing that at that point in their career. But, I mean, look, he's not wrong, and as you guys said, it can't hurt them, so if this is something that someone uses to fuel them a little bit, I mean, go short. Sure, why not?
2: They, they also, Arash, like you said, though, they also should know, like, this isn't Curry's words. Like, these aren't, like, he's not sitting there in the joke factory being like, hey, I'm going to make fit fun of my boys who, like, I've played with, you know, like, and that we're actually um, comrades in this league. Like, you know, he's not trying to do this on purpose and make fun of you on purpose. So, yeah
3: hey, I know you watched the show last night on television. I'd be curious how many people actually watch this award show. I used to be a part of it. Uh, it was a date that I circled on my calendar every year when I worked for the company for 10 years. I I don't know whether it's the pandemic and being away from it for a few years, but it's, it's just it doesn't have the same pull. I'd be curious to, to see what you guys thought. Like, like, as you sat home, on Wednesday night, no sports happening, no games. Did you tune into the SBs? Did you like it? Did you watch it? What were your thoughts?
2: So, I'm not gonna lie, I watched it, but I'm not gonna lie to you, I went back and forth between my DVR of Real Housewives of Dubai and Beverly Hills <laughs> and watched the SBs at the same time. So, I, I did a little bit of both. Um, you know kudos for them for trying to put a uh, an athlete on as a host and and steph curry did a good job for what steph curry is but he's not a professional median he's not a host he's not like it's just not what he does for a living he's a basketball player and he's great at it he's phenomenal at it was he a good host he was fine but it you know i just i think like entertainment wise like i just think that it was bleh. like it was fine um Overall, you know, I, I I this isn't something I would automatically circle on my calendar and be like, it used to be. You're right, Arash. I feel like a few years back, yeah. I looked forward to the ESPYS. I looked forward to what these guys were wearing. Yeah. Um, you know that that green that green suit that Steph wore. I'm like, I don't know about that, but you know, I, I looked forward to the fashion. I looked forward to you know who was going, who was going to end up showing up. Congrats to Cooper Cup. Shout out to him, man, because that is so well deserved an award um so you know I I think I did and I think as I'm getting older I think it's different I think this is now catered definitely more towards the youth and it's not really catered towards my checkbox or my box um, of age group
3: well GA that's a good point so let's just see with our two younger co-hosts here did they attract a younger audience here Jake yeah Jake you first
5: um, I, I'm kind of just going to echo what, what you and GA said. Like, it used to be something that I would look forward to, um, but I feel like everyone kind of knows that it doesn't hold the same, like, must-see TV factor that it used to, or that, that kind of weight, um, which I think is a shame, because it used to be, you know, you had the best athletes from yeah. every single sport, and Olympians and all this different stuff. It used to be, like... You know, if you were some if you were anybody, you were there and I feel like it just doesn't have that pull anymore.
2: Um, that being said, do I, I have a quick question before you answer this, Brandon? Do you guys watch the Grammys, the um the Emmys, the Oscars? Like, do you watch any of those award shows? Because I think that's also like that's kind of a trickle down thing where you wanna see the best of the best and all all these amazing artists and those numbers have gone down as well so do you watch those one
3: 100 tv viewership across the board is down the um all-star game last night the tv viewership numbers came down that was down uh the academy awards low numbers for that the grammys the emmys that so listen i my my thought process there is I generally do watch these things because I like sports, I like entertainment, but it doesn't hold the same. I don't plan my life around it, and it, it, it used to be that way. It used to be, I'm going to sit at home, I'm going to watch this event, this is this is something that I'm going to plan my day around. With the ESPYs, I got to be honest, I didn't even know it was happening until... I think it was like on Monday. Someone said, "Oh, are you going to go to the SPs? I'm like, "I'm not going to the SPs. Are you kidding me?" Yeah.
2: There used to be Oscar parties. You would physically go to yeah. your friend's house and watch an Oscar and watch the Oscars at their house and have like a theme party at their place. At least the, these are parties that I used to go to. And now nobody's holding an Oscars party or a Grammys party or you know any of these. Nobody's circling their calendars. So with that, Brandon, I definitely still want to know. I want to know your opinion on this as well. Like you know, were you ecstatic to like watch this were you like man I'll li- i can live without it
4: yeah i mean i'll answer the first part of that question no i was not ecstatic to watch it i quite frankly didn't care the only thing that i was happy to see is them finally diversifying the male athlete of the year given that the showy otani rightfully deserves it as the best athlete in the world regardless of sport i think there's no question about that um and usually they give it to like either a football or a basketball player. every year football or basketball player, right one year if an olympian has like a michael phelps type tenure they'll like congratulate his you know years of success right so that's another issue i'm glad they're di- diversifying that but no ever since drake hosted it after that no one's really watched it that was what three years ago two years ago i mean it was longer heard, than
3: that and by, by the way you're 100 right Drake, Drake was an amazing host Drake Drake was Drake was the last time well I mean again it was different because I worked for the company and I knew how good he would do that was an amazing host that was an amazing night like like if you if you can go to YouTube and watch that a uh, side pieces side pieces that song that Drake sang. Oh, how uncomfortable all the athletes were sitting next to their wives that night it was incredible.
5: <laughs> oh, it w- if if Peyton hosted it every year. Yeah, I it. he was great.
2: Oh, absolutely, I would watch it every year if Peyton, if both the brothers hosted it. I, I would, I would watch it.
4: He, yeah, I also think a also you know brought up a great point that Drake kind of he brings this pop culture aspect to it. You know, for viewership to bring the. That, the, the, the sports needs to continue to plug that connection to rap music, to pop culture, for it to succeed. And really, I, they're not doing that as much right now. You could, it's indicative with the hosts of the award shows. And to answer GA's question, I do watch the Grammys, although I wish more rappers would perform at the Grammys instead of musicians no one's listened to in 50 years. No offense to the, the old classic rock people. Um, and look, I mean, that's more of like a, a gala, right? And the Oscars, don't you know, like people watch it. I watch it occasionally, but you know, it's 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 a big event. It gets most a lot of viewership, top ten for TV every year with the NFL, who is king with all of this. But I also think it's like people are cutting cable, people are uh, like just pirating stuff at an all-time high. They're not paying for stuff, so this is this is kind of a it's a it's it's a little bit. Um, whatever you call it. It's, it's not it's not 100% right when you see all these ratings down. That's also a byproduct of, it's deceiving. It's a byproduct of what people have been doing the past couple of years.
2: I absolutely agree with you, Brandon. Um, speaking of that, do you guys watch, because it's on YouTube TV, it is not, it's only on a streaming service. Do you and will you watch the live tournaments? Because those are technically, it's like the one sport that's only on a streaming service. It's not on any major network. Would you do that because this is your generation that only watches streaming?
5: I mean, I I don't have YouTube TV, so I guess I, I <laughs> I'm not watching them. Um, <laughs> at at uh, at, when I'm at school, we have YouTube TV, and I want and I would watch it if I if I had access to it. Yes, I would watch it. I guess is my answer to the question.
4: Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna answer that by saying I'm not a huge uh, golf fan, but I will say I'm interested to see how this whole thing is going to look just from a visual standpoint because all the money they're pouring in marketing and everything and just how weird it's going to be seeing this you know new juggernaut tour but I'm my stand with chick I don't have YouTube TV so I'm probably not going to watch it, just the highlights but
3: what I love about it GH is the drama like the drama of like uh, someone wins the like open or the masters or whatever. And they just signed with the live tournament or something like that. I mean, so it, it, I think it gives a lot of attention to the sport, but I get it. I think, uh, you know, generally speaking streaming, although this is the future of how we're going to consume sports. A lot of the country still is not at the point where they have YouTube TV or Peacock and things like that.
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, Moving on, the Lakers to the Lakers, because it is, again, the Arash Markazi show, and what else are we going to talk about (laughs) with no sports on? Uh, The Lakers are reportedly engaging in talks with the Pacers in a deal centered around Buddy Heald and possibly Miles Turner. Although acquiring um, both of those players will be um, an uphill battle, can the Lakers pull off a trade for at least one of these guys, or do they continue to play the waiting game with Kyrie Irving?
3: I would love this. This would make uh, this would right a wrong. The Lakers were so close to making that heel trade, and then I I, I would love to get a a. a TikTok version, not a TikTok like you guys uh, do, but an actual, how did this happen? How did they go from doing the heel trade to, wait, wait, it's not going to be about a heel trade. It's going to be a Russell Westbrook trade. That changed the complexion of the Lakers, changed their fortunes. If they can now right that wrong, if they can make a trade for heeled, would be fantastic. Clearly, they would have to package a draft pick, maybe... Taylor and Horton Tucker, Turner has to be involved in all these things. But uh, at the very least, they would right or wrong and put together a team. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon. I think this team, again, it's not the Kyrie trade with Healed and Turner. At least that that team is more of a championship contender.
4: Oh, of course. I mean, if they can get both Healed and Turner and still be able to get away with keeping one of their picks, or at least putting protections on both, if they do give get rid of both of those, um, I don't think they would ever give get rid of. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Everyone on Twitter is like, "Oh, Miles Turner, Buddy Healed, so much more value than Russell Westbrook," and that's true. But at the same time, Russ is an expiring contract. The Pacers want to shed salary long term. It makes sense. They take on Westbrook and they buy him out. They don't even need to play him and have him take up this backcourt space with Halliburton and Matherin. They can literally buy him out, take on a pick, accelerate their rebuild, and get Buddy Healed, who makes twenty million dollars a year, and Miles Turner makes eighteen million dollars a year off of their team. This and, and there's really and and Boston got Brock for what? For nothing much of a late first round pick that guy's better than both turner and healed right but both of these guys would fit in healed would be the best shooter lebron's had in a long time and turner is three and d one of the best shot blockers in the nba if not the best the problem still will be perimeter d but they'll be better and they'll definitely be able to contend if davis is healthy so i agree with you arash this would be a, a home run move by palinka if he gets healed and turner and maybe even better long-term than a Kyrie Irving drama situation.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think you guys both nailed it. I don't know how much there is to say that uh, hasn't already been said, but I do think in terms of, of a standoff with Kyrie and Brooklyn and all, and how long this is kind of dragged out for, it's, it's going to start, you know, we got to get back in the gym soon, right? Like you need to start having guys show up and start building this chemistry. And if we're, if Russ is kind of lingering around still on the roster, knowing he's not going to be there, like, I feel like it's just going to have these long-term ramifications on the season. Um, even if a trade does get done at some point, if it takes too long for it to happen. where um, I think, and I think that Heald and Turner would fit really, really well um next to lebron and ad and you know as brandon said potentially better long term than a Kyrie move would be
2: yeah no, i mean i i think we i think we're all in agreement when it comes to this topic <laughs> right yeah. I, I i i mean this would 100 percent be righting a wrong this would be this would just have nothing but upside for for them
4: not Irie which is the sexy name doesn't mean it's the right decision has a successful offseason if he makes either of these trades
3: I mean the one thing that is very clear is that Russell Westbrook cannot begin not only this season really he cannot begin training camp with this team it is very clear that no matter what ham wants to say no matter what the Lakers want to say publicly uh, he doesn't want to be here. And and oh, well, by the way, he has every right to believe that way. The fans don't want him here. I don't know if his teammates want him here. So it is an it is a situation that cannot proceed as much as Ham. Again, a lot of the reports you will hear. If you hear about the Lakers are trying to make it right, Ham is talking with with Westbrook and LeBron and Westbrook and AD. They're talking. So those are all pl- seeds that have been planted. To make you think that this can work, it cannot work. He cannot continue with this team. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will be joined by our good friend Nick Hamilton. And I saw Nick Hamilton everywhere. He was at the All-Star game. He was at the Home Run Derby. He was at the Celebrity uh, Softball game. He was everywhere. So we will talk to our good friend Nick Hamilton when we return right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
0: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports with two ways to win and no rake. Circuit Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit circussports.com for details.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
6: Welcome
3: back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircaSports.com for details, and here he is, our good friend, the man about town, Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you?
6: I'm doing good, man. I'm trying to be out here build an empire like the great Rashard. <laughs> <is doing. laughs>
3: Nick, I was lucky enough to hang around you this week. We had the All Star Week. The ESPYS were in town. Uh, what was the highlight? Again, you, you, you were, um, you were living it up, my friend. I mean, I was texting with you. Um, not as young as I used to be, my friend. Uh, you were at house parties. You were at gifting suites. What was the highlight of the week?
6: Well, first of all, I was fortunate to be around you in the return of <laughs> the black shirt.
3: That's right. It was a return. I loved it.
6: Yeah. But, uh, no, man, I think the whole weekend, man, I think the whole week, you know, weekend, whatever you want to entitle it, I think it was great. I mean, opening opening ceremonies for, um, you know, when it came to the Fan Fest, and then you had the uh, MLB draft, which I thought was brilliant of Major League Baseball to do during the All-Star Game. And What better place to have it in Los Angeles and allowing fans to be a part of it this time. As you uh, elocuted a couple of days ago, it was only the second time that fans were allowed at the MLB draft, yeah. which I thought was smart, and I think that needs to continue to happen. I think it needs to be a third, fourth, fifth, and beyond time that fans are are able to engage with Major League Baseball players as they rise from, you know, the ranks of being drafted to, you know, some of them going to super sternum. And I think it's important to grow the game. And then you had, obviously, the, the celeb game with Bad Bunny and Quavo and JoJo and, you know, Desus and Meryl, which we later found out that they broke up like the fat boys. That's right. And, you know, now we're sitting up here trying to scratch our heads. And it was interesting because I got one of the last interviews with Desus and Mero uh, at that game, which I'll be putting out uh, sometime today. So... Uh, that was fun and, you know, like I said, just watching the future stars and, you know, going to gifting suites where we got, we, my, myself and my established colleague and friend Michael Duarte from NBC, uh, you know, that basically came up on some really nice swag, so props <laughs> to the MLB All-Star House for that. Uh, but, you know, like I said, this is with the Home Run Derby. I think the Home Run Derby was really, really interesting this year. I think the Home Run Derby really served a purpose to the fans. Uh, The fans got a treat between Juan Soto, J-Rod, even Albert Pujols, who thought Albert Pujols was actually going to be in a a face-off at the Home Run Derby at his age and his stage of his career. So I thought it was great. I thought thought the All-Star game itself was great. The tribute to Mrs. Rachel Robinson, who turned 100 years old on Tuesday, Uh, was a great speech, not only by Denzel, but by Mookie Betts as well. Um, So I thought, you know, I thought the All-Star game was great. Um, it was very thoroughly entertaining, especially, uh, that, that play with, uh, show and Kershaw. That was probably one of the most entertaining plays, uh, that we saw in the all-star game. I mean, who gets picked off in an all-star game, but I mean, Hey, two Southern California guys going at it. Uh, I thought it was great for the fans and it was actually a sellout uh, yeah. for the all-star game. So it was a lot of great festivities, a lot of great parties around, um, but, hey, man, now now we move on to the second half of the season. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Nick, I wanted to ask you, speaking of the All-Star game, Jake and I were talking about this earlier on, and um, I just think that there's too many selections, right? There were a ton of replacements, ton of guys you need to give at-bats to. No one can really get into a rhythm against the pitcher. At the same time, there's the opposing argument that you need to play all these guys, right, because they're the representatives of their teams, And they need to put on a show. But then these guys are so good on the mound now. You're only getting one at bat. Usually they can get hits if they see them three times through the lineup. But you're only getting one now. What are your thoughts on that? Is there any way to change that kind of structure for this game?
6: I mean, who cares? It's an all-star game. It's for the fans. You're bringing out the best of the best for the fans. Everybody's going to get a chance to play. Now, I may not be in favor of, like, every team has to be represented because I agree with you in that aspect. There were guys like Will Smith. There were guys like Josh Bell who didn't get an opportunity to be selected on the All-Star team, which should have been selected on the All-Star team because they put up the numbers and they had the consistency that it took. However, those who were there, obviously there were some injuries, Bryce Harper uh, and guys like that that had, you know, replacements. and Listen, it was at a Dodger Stadium. You were going to get more Dodgers than anything because it was a Dodger Stadium. Had it been at Petco Park or had it been – at what is is mobile Stadium, whatever's in, in Seattle next year. You probably would have, if it was the same scenario that will happen next year, you're probably going to get a lot more Mariners than anybody else because it's about the home crowd. But at the end of the day, I think it served its purpose. I think, you know, you're going to get the best of the best. This is, this is an all-star game. This is not a real game. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't count. It's thoroughly for entertainment, which Major League Baseball finally got the memo. And the thing I love the most is the fact that if we got a tie game, We get an extra home run derby out of it to to, to decide who's going to be the winner. So I don't really have a whole lot of quarrels about that, except for, like I said, the fact that, you know, guys that got snubbed, you know, because of the rule that everybody has to be represented. I think that needs to change. But other than that, man, I think it was fine. All you baseball purists out there, relax. You have a whole freaking season to deal with the whole baseball rules. It's one doggone game get over yourselves it's for entertainment it's for the kids it's for the fans you i mean don't 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 blow an artery because oh my <laughs> god we didn't we didn't honor the baseball rules what's going on like knock it off okay just enjoy the game for what it is because if you if, would you rather watch the home run derby in the all-star game or would you rather watch the boring ass slammed up derby <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: Nick I know throughout the weekend you were able to talk to a lot of different guys who were involved in the all star game amongst the players what did the vibe that you got what they found you know the coolest about the weekend whether it was playing with Clayton Kershaw with his start daughter stadium or playing with guys like Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols uh, a lot of Southern California guys playing in front of their families. Uh, what was the
6: vibe you got from those guys. I think it was different vibes, man. I think it was it, you know, when you talk to Aaron Judge, it was just him being in Los Angeles again. You know, he had been out here since 2019 when the Yankees played the Dodgers. So it was just being in Los Angeles representing one of the most established franchises in all the sports in the New York Yankees. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about what's going to happen to him in the future, but he was able to focus on the game itself and have fun. And I thought that was great. I even talked to him about, you know, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant. Obviously, he was a big fan and supporter of Kobe Bryant. And he even told me. You know when we was, when we spoke was the fact that you know what he still watches Kobe's interviews. He still you know reads the book and he still is, is just you know mesmerized by the whole Mamba mentality. He utilizes the Mamba mentality. He knows how to decipher between Aaron and number ninety nine. That's the one thing he took away. So he was able to still have fun and be out about you know just like you said, getting around Clayton Kershaw, Shohei Otani. He was he was excited to talk to, um, even talking to the MVP. Giancarlo Stanton, you know, he was excited just to be around other guys and really get to know other guys. You know, Paul Goldsmith, his biggest thing is, hey, I got a chance to play one last game, you know, an all-star game with Albert Pujols. Um, A lot of guys gave Albert Pujols a lot of props and a lot of credit because they were saying, look, this guy, he embraces you. He he gives one of the best hugs in all of professional sports uh, when you're talking to Albert Pujols. And then a lot of guys, you know, especially Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, you know, to talk about just the significance of having Clayton Kershaw start his very first All-Star game at Dodger Stadium and what that meant and how significant that was. Um, You know, talking to Ronald Kuna Jr., he was just excited just to be, you know, around, you know, Kershaw and around guys that, you know, he played against and plays against during the regular season, just building that camaraderie. Uh, Mike Trout being there, you know, he didn't participate due to the back spasms, but, he still showed up and still showed the fans love and really cheered on his teammate, Shohei Ohtani. And I think Shohei, you know, he was he seemed a lot more relaxed than he did in the last, in the last year's All-Star Classic uh, because I think he's got that, that first one under his belt, so he kind of prepared himself for what to expect. And, you know, him being at home, I think, kind of eases his nerves a little bit as well, uh, not being far away from Anaheim. So I think all around, man, guys are just excited to play with one another, get to know each other, you know, be around the fans. And again, great weather in Los Angeles. What better weather to have in Los Angeles? I mean, Arash and I got sundown, for (laughs) God's sake. Lord (laughs) knows what they experienced, but it was all in fun, man. So I thought it was just great. I think the players really enjoyed it.
2: Um, So I was gonna ask you about Juan Soto, and I wanna get to that in a second. Um, The Dodgers and Chavez Ravine have not hosted uh, an all-star game in over 40 years um is there like can you give me a reasoning for that like was there any is there any like interior knowledge that you might not possibly know about that and then we can get to juan soto and his uh possibility of being with the dodgers
6: no g i have no interior knowledge i have no intel i have nothing for you i'm so sorry
2: mm-hmm. I, 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 I thought you were gonna hook us up man <laughs> oh.
6: i hooked y'all up listen Let me tell you something. I brave 95 plus degree heat for you people.
1: Okay.
6: (laughs) I brought you content. I brought you people interviews. I brought you people perspective. <laughs> and I sat there and I'm about to probably peel sometime tomorrow because of this gorgeous face that I have to showcase on on television at some point. And I have to sit up here and have to use Vera to, to do the work that we have to complete. Hell, Arash was sweating like T.D. Jakes in his seat, for God's sakes, with that black shirt. I mean, he's out here putting in work and OK? So that's, that's the perspective I bring to the table ladies and gentlemen, and those listening across America's airways.
3: <laughs> but uh, to uh, G. Hay's question, there was a viral clip where uh, the fans are uh, chanting future Dodger, and Juan Soto is soaking it up to the point where he's laughing and smiling, and he forgets it's the end of the inning. You got to run back into the dugout. He was, he was loving it. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Oh, I love the hustle, but I love the fact that Dodger fans are really trying to embrace and really recruit players now because they actually have a franchise that's willing to recruit players. Now, I don't know if the Dodgers are going to be able to do it. They are one of the teams that are are, are able to do it if they decide to pull the trigger because they do have the assets that are needed to, to acquire a player of his caliber. Again, I'm not saying that Andrew Freeman and Stan Caston are, are inclined to do it, But it's great to see fans being engaged in the process. Between that and the fans fighting in stands during the (laughs) home run derby, which made absolutely no damn sense. This is why you don't (laughs) let alcohol be consumed amongst people at certain times of the day, because this is the kind of foolishness and stupidity that you get. But back to the Juan Soto situation, listen, I think there are about three or four teams that that can legitimately – you know, compete for his services. I think the Dodgers are one team. I think the Yankees are, could be possibly one team. I think the Cardinals could be one team. And I do think the San Francisco Giants could be another team as well. Um, but it's interesting because he does have a year, basically a year and a half left on his deal if he does get traded. And according to a lot of people that are on the inside, and even inside that I spoke with on the field uh, from another network, he told me probably the next 10 to 12 days, you may see Juan Soto be on the move. Uh, When I talked to Scott Boris on uh, Monday, he told me something that obviously has already been reported, but he told me that because Juan Soto turned down the $440 million offer that the Washington Nationals did not send him uh, to the All-Star game via private jet or charter. He had to actually take a commercial flight. Thank God he was able to sit in first class because Major League Baseball made sure that every All-Star, no matter how they travel, are going to be in first class and at least be comfortable. So he had to go from Washington, D.C., to Atlanta, and then Atlanta connecting Atlanta and going from Atlanta to Los Angeles. And he arrived at 1.30 in the morning that previous day before all of the hoopla, the presser, and the fanfare uh, when it came to having the media day for the National League and the, and the American League All-Stars. So for him to go out there and perform the way he performed in the home run derby and to be able to perform at the All-Star game, you know, hats off to Juan Soto. That's how bad he wants to get the hell out of Washington, D.C.
2: I mean, youth is also wasted on the young. He's 23 years young, so that definitely probably helped his cause. But you're right. I mean, for him to not be able to fly first class, I think that, or for, to him not to be able to be given a flight, of like a PJ from his his organization, that's ridiculous.
6: I Nick mean, that, that was that was shady. That was shady. In two pimps at a bus station. I mean, I can't <laughs> I can't understand how you just let that man just, just go commercial. <laughs> a, you know, thank God nothing happened. But I mean, that's a limited commodity. This guy is the, this is the premier, you know, player of your team, and you you don't care how he travels. I mean, football, that's that's terrible in the organization. The Washington National.
2: And what and could you imagine being on that flight and being like, wait, that's Juan Soto being on my flight right now? What is he doing on my flight? Like, I I would be like dumbfounded if I knew that like somebody like that was going to be on my flight from D.C. to Atlanta and then Atlanta to L.A.
6: Oh yeah, I'm tipping. I'm tipping a flight attendant fifty bucks. I'm gonna sit in first class, scoop or white, white, sitting on a on a commercial
2: flight.
5: <laughs> One thing I wanted to add just about the Juan Soto situation is I think the Dodgers are in a really interesting spot where they can trade for him if they want to, but they don't necessarily have to. Where in years past, there's been a big free agent at the deadline, you know, a a Yu Darvish or a Max Scherzer, um, where they've really needed to go out and make that move. Um, or else, you know, it would extremely limit their postseason abilities. I think they're in a spot this year where there's such a surplus of offense and, and impact bats on this team, where if they decide that the better option is to go and try to grab like a Luis Castillo, where in October, if, if they get, if they get beat, it'll probably be on the mound that they don't have to go out and make the huge trade if they don't want
6: to. Well, also, yeah. too, I agree with you. I think, I think, uh, Luis Castillo could be a, a, a definitely a piece that they need, especially as far as the arms are concerned. Uh, but then again, there is Dustin May that could potentially be on the comeback. Uh, we don't know the, the status of Blake Trining as of yet. Um, you know, uh, Walker Buehler is, is going to be on his way back at some point. Uh, you still got Clayton Kershaw. You still got Julio Urias. Uh, so they, they they still have some arms. Uh, obviously, Tony Gosselin. Who uh you know gave up some homers in the all-star game and thank God it was just the all-star game and not the real game. Uh, but you still have him, you still have Tyler Anderson. So you still have some sizable arms. But I think Luis Castillo could definitely booster that roster. But let's let's keep this in mind, too. If the Dodgers do decide to trade for Juan Soto, they still have a year and a half left to decide if they're going to extend him or let him walk. Now, let's take this scenario, for example. If the Dodgers do, let's so say they do decide to acquire. Juan Soto and they do decide and they do happen to win a World Series title. Well, guess what? You don't necessarily have to pay Juan Soto. you could keep him for another season. Let him build his numbers up and let him walk. And that way you're not out of pocket for anything other than some prospects. Maybe, you know, they they may want a player that can play right now. So maybe Bellinger, maybe Max Muncie, maybe somebody of that caliber uh, who's not really performing that well, but that, 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 that may be able to perform in a different scenario. Um, but they have, like you said, the Dodgers have a lot of action. so it wouldn't surprise me what direction the Dodgers would go. But I do believe I'm leaning more towards. I think they need to arm more than just another offensive weapon.
4: And hey Nick, I wanted to ask you about Bellinger. Over the past year and a half, two seasons now, you know he hasn't been great since that MVP campaign. And his rookie year was miraculous too—39 home runs. Even his second year, 25 home runs. Do you think what we're seeing right now is what we're gonna get? Because in the playoffs last year, he was really good actually when it counted.
6: Yeah, he was he was good in the playoffs, but here's the thing are you willing to gamble that this time around? Because based upon the body of work that you've illustrated just now and the things that we've seen this season, I don't have any indication that he may just all of a sudden his back's gonna get hot. You hope that his back gets hot, but there's no there's no guarantee. Um, as far as the higher probability of him actually connecting with the ball and actually having, when you have runners in scoring position, be able to make those proper plays to score runs and to be able to win ball games. I'm not confident in that, which is why I would not, if I'm Andrew Freeman, I would not extend uh, Bellinger because based upon the money that he's going to command, I don't think he's worth the price of admission when it comes to that type of money. Now, if he wants to take a, lot, a lesser deal and you really believe in Cody Bellinger, excuse me, uh, Cody Bellinger, excuse me, <clears throat> pardon me, um, then I think you may have to look at that option. But for the money, you, you we all believe he's going to be able to command on the open market uh, at the end of the season. He's definitely not worth that. Um, you may want to try to see if you can get a trade for him, maybe try to get some value. Um, as I mentioned, maybe, you know, if you're looking at, you know, Luis Castillo, maybe that's what the Reds may want in return. Like, who knows? But at the same time, I would not extend Bellinger at all.
3: Yeah, and you know, we've talked about it, but Nick, you touched on it and we've talked about it, that the prospects that the Dodgers have, this is where it really helps to have a great farm system. Sure, they may have to include a a current player, whether that's Lux, whether that's someone else. But again, these these prospects really put them in a position where they can go out and get the player that they want to win a World Series this year. And the feeling that, that I get, as much as that they feel that they've earned that 2020 World Series championship, having won in a normal full 162 season it means something to them. And so again, we've had a great first half of the season, a great all-star game in Los Angeles. uh, But I'm really excited for the second half of the season. Nick, you're the best looks forward to uh, hanging with you again. We had a lot of fun this weekend in Los Angeles or this entire week. Um, Talk to you uh, next week, my friend. Uh, That's all the time we have for today, folks. Uh, Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Everybody Radio. So
6: hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we worry brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about a brother got smoked by a fiend. Try to floss on a blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases, keep them guessing. Flea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing.